0: Welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable Is Okay Podcast. I'm your host Chris Desmond. This is a show where we help you get better at doing hard things. Today I'm joined on the podcast again by Brady Cervantes, who was originally on about a month or six weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, it is well worthwhile and it's probably good to do before you listen to this one. So the title of the episode is Don't Rely On What You've Done. Brady is a former Marine sniper with multiple deployments to Afghanistan and Iraq. He's currently a professional bull rider and a guide. And in the original, in the first conversation, we chat through a lot of his backstory. So today is more focused on on coming out of a hole. It's focused on building a community. It's focused on figuring out the process and enjoying the process and there's a lot of discomfort that goes on within that process i hope you really enjoy getting uncomfortable with brady and i today brady welcome back to the uncomfortable is okay podcast man it's good to good to be back in touch
1: (laughs) thanks for having me man it's good good to see you again it's a
0: pleasure. Like last time we left off, and for the people that, that haven't uh, listened to your, your last episode, it's probably nice to start there and then come into this one afterwards. But you were coming out of a bit of a hole in terms of, in a bit of a dark place when we finished our last conversation. But obviously you've you've moved on a lot since that time. And obviously a little bit since our last conversation a few weeks ago as well. But um, what I what I want to have a chat with you is about, some of the stuff that has been that's been helpful for you moving forward from there, and, and one of the big things is because you, you talked about heading off by yourself, just in a in your van or in your truck, and just going truck, yeah, yeah going exploring and and just being by yourself for a while. But obviously you've you've come back. I know that community and, and tribe for you have been big part of some of the stuff that has been helpful for you over the last while can you can you talk about kind of coming back this is going to sound real cliche but like coming back from the wilderness and building community for yourself
1: um so yeah I guess I to be honest man like looking back on all that I was extremely lost I felt betrayed by the by the military because it was reduction of force you know like they're trying to cut numbers in the military and they they're giving you stupid reasons why you can't stay in and then everything else and and so you feel betrayed you feel lost you feel like you don't matter anymore so when I went out and just said you know screw it bought my dog and me and him just traveled the country and and taught for money And, and you know I was finishing online schooling at the time and so I was getting money that way and I'd go I'd go up to a Somewhere that has signal and drop a hotspot and work on my laptop, send up a paper, ace it, and take off to the mountains. And this whole time, you know, I was was working on on myself. I knew that I was not myself. And this was, so that whole time of of me, that four years after being out is just that four to five years, even since 2012 really about a year ago you know it's it's like if i if i really kind of group it all in is a whole bridge to where i'm at now i guess but it was a necessary bridge one that was extremely painful extremely selfish at times you know like we talked last time i tried to take my own life and everything like that and um that was in 2012 and i guess that's kind of where it just went down from there And, and i think i was trying to find a filler, maybe, you know, you start out looking for something and realize you're supposed to find this other piece. And that's what happened. I went out looking for a filler to fill those voids of me feeling like I was completely responsible for losing my two guys on, on a six day mission, you know, or, you know, my best friend getting his leg blown off when I wasn't there with him. And that best friend it happens to be my daughter's godfather like that's, it's, it's stuff like that, you know, all these almost 10 people that I've lost to suicide. Four of them I was there for. Three of them I helped stop. And one of them I couldn't. And, you know, it's just all that, all that stuff. Just just when you leave that type of community where all that stuff is really talked about, and really prevalent, you know, it's in that military community. Everybody recognizes it, Everybody knows it. But not every, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But it's there. And everybody recognizes that. When you leave that, all that crap is still there, but you lose that community of of support. You know, it's a really fucked up way of trying to support all that fucked up shit that we go through overseas and back home. But that support, nonetheless, those are our brothers, and, and we deal with it every day. But when you take that out of the equation, now you're just left to to fill it. You're like, what what is going to sustain there? What what can I put there? And so, I could not stand being around civilians. I tried to work at Home Depot and got fired because I tried to insubordinate <laughs> and it was because I, I wrote up a business or a, a plan to make uh, wood transportation more expedient. But the guy was related to the manager whose job that was supposed to be and, and got me fired. So like, I just couldn't feel like, I don't know what it was. I went from job to job and he just tried it. You know, I, I, I was training all at the same time and just trying to make as much money as I could. I, eventually it was just like, you know what, I need to get out of here. I, I, I'm i trapped. I feel like I'm screaming every day internally. And so I just, I left for the mountains and what I found was just kind of peace, I guess, energy. You know, it, it runs deep within this earth and it, and it runs deep within all of us. And We carry our own energy wherever we are, whether we know it or not. The way you look into somebody's eyes, the way you, your body language, the way you almost, some people will peacock and, and it's just there's that energy. Well, the same energy you can get those same way from people, but from taking all those people out of the equation and just having the earth and almost just putting yourself in, hey, you know, different scenarios in your head. Just close your eyes and listen to the wind. It'll talk to you. It, 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 it has all these deeper meanings to it. And there's a reason why the mountains and the desert here in the States, people feel that way around them. You know, they there's literal what they call ley lines and it's, it's Australia has them too. It's where the Aboriginal tribes would, you know, they would follow these ley lines and they didn't even know it, but that's where they would follow. You know, you go online and research this stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting, you know, so coming back out of the mountains, or I guess we could say, I mean, it's not like I was a hermit the whole time, but you know, when I was out there, I was really, testing myself, you know, I'd go out hunt, or go out and, and stay out there for like five or six days and just really try to overthink my overthinking and put myself into almost a trance of thought because of how much I in-depth I was thinking. It's kind of like that movie uh, Inception where they just keep going yeah. lower and lower and lower. And so I, I would think you know, A, B, you know, A, C and E, and then I would re-overthink that to fill in B and B and D. You know, it's like that overthinking was like this, and then the overthinking the overthinking would fill in the slots. So doing that over and over and over, I felt like there was deeper meaning to everything and, and that that we don't know it yet, but truly to exercise patience in order to figure that out is something that is extremely hard because I being that, that is how I recognize things for myself. I'm not saying this is something that anybody else could be like, Oh, okay. I'm going to go do exactly what he did. It's, it's probably not going to work the same way because we're all wired differently. there be, there will be some similarities, but where I got with all that was just kind of at a sense of, of patience. You know, I needed to practice more patience and that community started coming together when I realized that I had to develop and work extremely hard on my patience because all I was wanting was answers and I wasn't getting any answers. I wasn't getting any help. I wasn't getting any camaraderie, no, no, no brethren, no nothing. I had lost all that in the Marines. I didn't know where to find it. I didn't know how to go, how to go back to it but I wanted it right then, you know, because I had had it for almost 10 years and I wanted it right then. And something was telling me, Hey dude, slow down, relax. And then when I did, I mean, it's not like overnight I did. I mean, I'm talking like the span of a year of literally checking myself every day. Like, Hey man, be patient. Hey, look in yourself in the mirror. You know, at this point I was looking at mirrors again and, Because like in 2012, I had almost a whole year where I had no mirrors in my house. I I couldn't look at myself. So there's all that stuff that that leads up to that. And that patience piece is a huge, huge pillar into what follows there next. And that's little things started to happen when I started after about a year of just meditating and trying to work on patience. Because meditating helped me a lot through that. And it was that visualization process. So when I started doing that throughout that year, things started happening. I got got a job on a ranch. I started working this ranch down in central – well, up in Montana and then moved down to central Texas to be a manager after just being a, a hand on that ranch in Montana. And So just these little things started happening. But what I found when I took the job in, in, on the ranch, it was great. I absolutely loved it. Me and the pup, working the cattle, punching cows all day, you know, counting deer it was a high fence game ranch and so it was just it was great but it was just me and him most of the time and seclusion to an extent is great to help you practice that patience but to think that that's what you need because it feels good at that one time is just a fallacy it's like that is only a stepping stone to where you need to be it's something that seclusion with patience is great you learn a lot. You learn a lot about yourself. You can scream, you can yell, you can do whatever you want and not have that anxiety. Of who's going to hear me? Who's going to say, Hey, you crazy fucking PTSD war vet get shut up. You know, you're not going to have any of that. You're not going to have these people. And then every day when I would work out, you know, I, 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 I talked the ranch and let me build them a gym for when they come down and, and use the ranch or the owners of the ranch. and, I would be in that gym all day and like we had no AC, no heat in that gym. So if it was cold, it was cold. If it was hot, it was really hot. And I would just be sweating my ass off and I would finish a set of deadlifts and I would just get up and fucking scream. And just to get that scream out was great. But, and I felt like, man, I needed that. But then I I spent almost two years there and there'd be people come and, and the owners would come down very regularly and everything. But once I got to that point of realizing that patience is, is great. And it's going to help me towards my, where I need to be seclusion is, is merely a stepping stone towards where I need to be toward in, in part with that patience. Reason being is, you know, like Derek Woodsky, I'm sure you you might've heard of him, or, or on, on Ryan's podcast and whatnot, but, um, he says to be great requires a certain level of seclusion that not many understand. And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of, and and I, and I know that he would say that, but I didn't realize, I didn't know how much seclusion and and how little. So in doing so, I almost kind of took some steps back and, um, and a buddy of mine was like, Hey man, maybe you should move back to Dallas and start handling things again with the VA, like pick that stuff back up, you know? Cause when I had left the VA, they had me on eight different pharmaceutical meds and I was, you know, three sheets for Monday. Um, didn't know where I was half the time. So it was just, I moved back to Dallas and got back and you know, I was still right. I picked up riding bulls again. When I like the last year I was out at that ranch and that was also one of the weird little things that happened once I started practicing that patience piece was where I went to go pick up riding bulls again. And I went to go ride bulls. Like it was like, like old guys play softball every Thursday night, you know, and, and we would be riding these practice bulls, you know, nothing that's crazy or going to kill you. You know, it's just, just to get the feeling again, I was like, man, this feels great. Confidence boosters. Awesome. That, we know what we're doing on the back of bulls. Not like We're just go jump on. Yeah.
0: You'd and, ridden, uh, you'd ridden bulls before.
1: Of course. Yeah. yeah. And so, man, I just, I, I got down there and a buddy of mine, Shorty Gorm, who's a PBR bullfighter. Amazing dude. He was like, hey man, come down. I'm hosting a bullfighting school, which is American bullfighting. Is just what everybody knows is the rodeo clowns. Mm-hmm. And um they actually, they call those our bullfighters here in the States. And so... I go out. I was like, yeah, all right. And he goes, hey, man, I think this guy, I'm pretty sure this guy used to be in the military that that runs this uh, radio company down here in Belton, Texas. And I was like, all right. So I go down there and, and Shorty goes, Kevin, his name's Kevin Hoyt, and he owns Bad Dog Radio Company there in Belton, Texas. And he goes, Kevin, weren't you in the military? He goes, yeah, in the Marines. And I was like, I was in the Marines. And he goes, really? What'd you do? I was like, scout sniper and worked with recon and a bunch of other units he goes oh shit i was a recon scout sniper small world like high five and like little things like that you know i mean that's not a little thing it was a big thing and and, you know kevin's a legend in our community because i went online i was like hey anybody know kevin hoyt you know we have private pages where we vet people and they were like, yeah, Kevin's like, dude, kill more people in cancer and all this other stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And so I was like, Kevin, I want to get back into riding, man. I need something that gives me that drive again. I need something to work for. I was like, I was, and he was like, work. And I was like, no, shit, Kevin, I'm working a ranch right now. But that's not like driving me to, to, to accomplish something great. Like, I, I know how to work. That's, but what I need is tougher work. Like, give me, give me, I want to be an athlete again and so we drank beer that night talked it out i started riding bulls again and now here i am working on year two in the pbr uh for the u.s because i know y'all have pbr there in australia and um you know i'm having a great time but when i got back to when i moved back so now back to fast forward when i moved back to dallas the reason I moved back to Dallas was to handle things with the VA pick that back up. You know, I had, I'd gone through the steps, done everything I, I needed to, but I needed to reevaluate and fix my shit for what worked for me. Cause those pharmaceuticals did not work eight different kinds of pharmaceuticals at one time is not a good, good cocktail. Like it sucks. You're a fucking zombie. So I went back to fix it. I was like, you know what? I talk bad about the VA and a lot of guys do this and it pisses me off. They talk bad about the VA, but they're not doing their own due diligence that the VA is asking of them in order to say that the VA fucked them or, or however Mm. they want to put that. It's like, I might've hit it on that last time, but so I went, I moved back and, um, and my buddy that told me was my buddy that lost his leg on a mission. Daughter's Godfather. And he was like, yeah, dude, you need to go get your shit checked. Like, this, your dome piece, you know, your, your mental state and all this other stuff. And it's not like I was throwing fits or anything like that. He was just like, man, I just, I know you and you're a little off. He's like, you're good, but you're off. You, and you need to go get a hold of it before it gets worse. He's like, because I know you've been blown up. I know you've been through some shit. Get it looked at. And i was like, all right. So I moved back up. And I didn't realize at the time that I was leaving that seclusion for a good reason. Moving back to Dallas, you know, I, I don't have all the money in the world. I'm I'm skimming by with what I'm making, but and that's how it was for a little bit of time. And um I mean it sucked. I, just, I had to go take some contracts again and, and start doing that and which I don't mind. It was stateside contracts. and I mean it brought in some good money, but all that was doing was paying off debt and bills that from past life and so it was just oh skimming by. So, you know, I was like, All right. I woke up one day and I was like, I need to get back into it, you know, because there was, there was about three months there where I was like a little depressed. I was like, man, I'm back in Dallas. I'm really not a fan of this place. I don't want to live here. I got to deal with the VA. So like for the next fucking year, great. So finally I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use this to train. I'm just going to use this to try to clear my head, get back and be the best bull rider that I can. So started getting back into things and, The biggest thing that helped me there was probably discipline that I had learned in the Marines Mm -hmm. and started with my dad when I was a kid, you know, it's just the discipline is what's going to push into motion. The motivation that then is going to transit to your mental and emotional state, which is going to power your physical being, you know, that is what discipline is to discipline yourself. It's hard let's face it, to, to be disciplined sucks. It's hard, but only for the first, like, initial time. It's like when you cut out all sugar, right? Those first couple weeks suck. I'm not going to lie, you know? It's like, I, I go through it, like, three times a year. And, and, because I'll have, like, a week of just, like, sugar rage. And, let's face it, we're human. We're not fucking perfect, and discipline is hard, and it sucks when you got to look yourself in the eye and be like, hey, dude, you need to do your shit because you know how. And if you will just put as much time into it, you'll get out exactly what you put into it. And you can be the best damn bull rider. You can be the best damn person. You can be the best washed up combat vet. <laughs> <if> you, <want. laughs> you know, and I've had to tell myself that almost every day that I get up here. And that in itself teaches me some type of patience because I know it's not going to happen overnight. I, you just got to stay disciplined, stay at it, but always show up, never back down. You know, it's something that it's like, I might've said this last time. If you change the way you look at things to be a, I get to do this rather than I have to do this. That's a fucking start. That's a great place to start. Great place to start. About a month ago, I went to Uvalde, Texas and I rode down there in in the PBR. I got there early. You know, this is the, that next event after Prescott, which Prescott Arizona is right after I talked to you the first time. And I remember last time we talked about how there's about three and a half year span where I didn't talk to God at all. You know, after going through my first appointment, seeing what men are capable of, seeing what I'm capable of doing, seeing what the world is capable of being which is a shitty place in a combat zone, but it's necessary that to some extent to be over there to f- help suppress all that. I still, I, when I wasn't talking to him, to God, I, I was, I, I went to be more spiritual, got into that realm of things. And I think I wouldn't be back talking to him today. Had I not, had to go through that. Mm. You know, I feel like whoever the great creator is, <laughs> like I said, our path's are already laid out. He knows that we're probably gonna tell him to fuck off every once in a while. Because he knows we're probably gonna find our way back. It's how it's set. If you just have the patience to let it happen. And so when I was in Uvalde, uh, shorty Gorham again, was like, hey, link up with Randy, he's down there, uh, the guys at the Cactus Jack Foundation who are putting on the PBR event. And they give back and and do the whole uh, make a wish type stuff and and everything, great people down there. And I was like, okay. And so Shorty told them a little bit about me. Well, they did the research, started to Google me and what stories and, and crap I've been in. And they started rolling out the red carpet. They, I mean, it was just like, whoa, This combat veterans here, scout sniper guy and he's riding PBR. All right. They bought me a room the whole week. And that was, I'm so thankful to those guys. You know, I just sleep in my truck. You know, it's not very comfortable, but it gets the job done. And I have no problem doing it. But they asked me, I remember I woke up that next day. I just got done sleeping in my, sleeping on the bed of my truck. And I woke up and they are like, hey, you want to go around uh, with this Hall of Fame rodeo clown? Like a legit rodeo clown from the... Back in the day, during when the when before the PBR, and his name's Leon Coffee, you know, he, and he just got inducted to the uh, Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. And um, he's a black rodeo clown, so I was like, Yeah, I'll go around with them. They're like, It'd be cool because then we got a rodeo clown and a bull rider. I was like, All right, so we started at the elementary school, then we go to the middle school, and slowly throughout the day, Leon's finding out my story and just kind of like. Cause shorty's there. He's, 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 talking with shorty. He's talking to other people who shorty have talked to, and he's starting to piece some things together. And, and we go to the high school and I thought we were going to be talking just like the high school, like, like we had at the middle school and elementary. Mm-hmm. No, it was two rounds of 50 kids per Bible study. And I can't tell you the last time I was in a church, I can't tell you the last time I went to a Bible study beside like before this, and Leon looks at me, and he goes, I'm going to let you take it. Leon, being a rodeo clown, has this look that he gives you where it's like, I know you don't want to, but <laughs> you don't take it. You know, and then he gives you, he gives you this laugh, like, hey, 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 And it's just like, I looked at him, and I said, all right, you know. And so I did my talk, and as I'm talking, like the first group, I start off with one – bible verse that's always just kind of stuck in my head and i was talking to a friend about this earlier today rachel bachelbeck she's out of uh she's here in the states. she's actually in europe though but she's a pretty amazing being herself and um i was talking to her about this and she was like she's like what do you think that meant i was like well to be in that moment of hey you're going to take this from pro rodeo hall of famer And that being, and this being a Bible study, I was like, holy crap. All right, man, (laughs) this this is starting to get a little spooky now. And um, I started off with the Bible verse, Isaiah 6, 8, you know, it's just one that always stuck with me. Um, And it was like, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And he responds, you know, here I am, send me. That's all the Bible verse is. And, And I always kind of took that to heart after I had heard it after upon getting out, um, it was written on one of my guys that I lost one of his pieces of gear that I had. And I was looking through my stuff and, you know, the full circle from not talking to it, and not even recognizing any religion to going spiritual more something of, you know, doing of, of venturing into doing a vision quest on the reservation or a sweat lodge to the point of, back to leading a freaking bible study that patience and practicing it by way of discipline was something that was telling me in the end to wrap it all up and to learn to trust the process so if i could wrap all this that that's that's that trust that process Now here's the fillers in that process of that. Remember I said you overthink one thing and you get all right here and then you overthink it again and then it fills in the blanks. Well in that process is there were blanks still, but over the years I had met some pretty extraordinary people. And so you have this, what my life has come to so far is it sucked. It sucks every day to go through what I did it sucks to relive it every day, but I'm finding ways to live with it. And then to have that seclusion at times, but to have those people even more sort of fill in those spaces, those, those blanks in that process is, is what I think one of the many lessons, and this isn't a lifetime thing. This is just one of the many lessons that I'm being taught right now in my life. That's where I'm at in my life. I know this is, some people would look at this and be like, okay, so you went through all that from not talking to God, to losing yourself, to being lost, to finding losing a community of a tribe of the Marine Corps that you had, to the mountains, to all this, to getting more spiritual, to maybe finding religion a little bit, to leading a Bible study, and then realizing that all he's trying to tell you is to trust the process. And then the fillers are all these amazing people that you have in your life and that seclusion is not always the greatest thing, but it is necessary to an extent. One of those people being that helped me get to this realization is Bert Soren from Sornex. Um I met him a few years back at SHOT Show, like four, four or five years or something like that. And we, uh, then before I know it, like he's getting contact with me to take him to elk County for his 40th birthday. And, um, then I'm going to Summer Strong, which, you know, he's, Bert Soren, he owns Soren X exercise equipment out of South Carolina. You know, they do, they did the Patriots gym, they did the Vikings gym, they did Special Forces gym, they did all these gyms in the United States and even some overseas. And so <coughs> he started this thing called Summer Strong and this it's it's, it's a huge gathering of people, of like-minded folks. And, and it's not It's nothing like a weightlifting competition or the Arnold or anything like that. It's legitimately a gathering of just um, like-minded folks who enjoy to be a good person, to be that change that they want to see in the world. And through Bert, I started meeting all these amazing people and then Bert jumped on the sponsoring for riding bulls. And then through him, I met all my other sponsors and whatnot. And it's just like, And it's not like I go out there asking for sponsorships. They're just, they come up to me, ask me a few things. And then before I know it, they're wanting to send me a check and and they're like, hey, go live your dream, you know? And so um, in a long-winded explanation, this whole thing, at this point in my life, this type of lesson, up until my 31 year old self right now is learning is to trust the process. You know, it, it's going to suck at times. It's, it's really going to suck and it's going to be shitty. But, And I'm just now realizing I haven't let you talk the whole time. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all good, bro. That's all good. People get to hear my voice uh, every week. Eh? So they probably know what I sound like. I mean, I love the way that you tell a story as well. Like there's times in the Brady, I'm like, where the hell is he going with this now? But then the way that you bring it back and you wrap it around, like I really, I really appreciate that. And I think, like some of the some of the big stuff that I that I got out of there is obviously um, the patience is massive, as well is that it's it's something that it's something that we don't really practice that much. Um, I mean, there's, I think that the the society, the way that it's set up at the moment is. Is really outcome driven, um, and we're wanting to we're wanting to go and achieve things, and we 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 should have goals and um, uh, and and like, go that, and like
1: that instant gratification yeah,
0: gratification. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can I I was, I'll get a dopamine hit from swiping uh, social media. Yeah. Uh, and like that stuff is good, and it, it's great to have goals, and it's good to have direction and things. But I think the the problem is is when we when we Feel entitled to having it now and it's it becomes a sense of entitlement around hey this is something that I this is something that I should have and then when you don't get it straight away then you kind of you just let it go you're like oh no yeah next you off
1: and yeah, yeah.
0: and you get you get a bit pissed yeah. off with it and and I think it's like I really uh, I like the way that you frame patience as a practice and link it back into discipline as well because it's it's something that you do need to you do need to practice and you we probably need to kind of focus on a little bit more as a, as a society to say hey i need to practice being patient because yeah i want to work for this thing i'm not entitled to it my ego is telling me that i'm entitled to to have it now and, and get it straight away yeah. but shit man i i'm not good enough to get it just yet i need to work at it i need to put in my time and if I want it bad enough, then I'll be persistent, I'll be patient, and I'll, I'll build to it. And like you say, it's about, it's about trusting the process and, and letting the process kind of take you where it's going to take you, which might not always be in that direction that you, that you thought it was initially, that, that goal that you'd initially set for yourself, you get partway into it, into it and you're starting to head down a different direction. And it's being okay with that in the process, and just kind of trusting that. Yeah, it might swing you back around to what you initially set out to, or it might pop you out to something different, or or another lesson that you need to learn, or something that um, something that's that's even cooler. But I think the important thing to remember there as well is that we're we're still in the process right now. That we look at it like sometimes we look at it like we've finished the process. No, we're we're bang smack in the middle of it still. So there's there's still going to be those gaps in it as well that we don't under that we don't understand, which is when we need to practice patience again so that we don't get so we don't get pissed off. But, yeah. uh,
1: it's like all, all these all these lessons that we learn. Like right now, like I said, you know, this is not the only big. Everyone would look at this as a life story. I look at it as a life lesson. You know, a story, a life story seems to take forever, right? Like almost your whole life, it's life story. (laughs) And so um, it's it's a lesson, you know, and you're never going to finish, finish a lesson completely. It's just, they're like shingles on a roof, right? Mm. You know, you get one lesson here and then that next lesson is going to come in and overlap over that one but they all look like one roof, right? So you don't know Mm. where one ends and where one starts, unless they're at the very end where you're born or where you die. And then at the very beginning where you're born. Yeah. So it's almost like they're all shingles on a roof. You can't tell where they started or end. So it's just, um, I don't know, man. It's something that's just,
0: I really, Yeah. Yeah. sorry, you got,
1: no, no. I, I was just like I was thinking out loud at that.
0: Point. Yeah, like I really like that analogy in terms of kind of those lessons laying down on top of each other and, and overlapping. And I think yeah, like one. Like,
1: I mean, you could use bricks or whatnot, yeah. building a house. The whole house is your life, and every brick is a lesson. You know, it's, mm. that lesson's not going to be done. It's just going to be be the foundation of another yeah. lesson. But then you're going to keep building up and up and yeah. up. You know, it's just you need to acknowledge that in your life and realize that you're gonna have many lessons it's just there's one common commonality throughout all of them and that's patience you know mm. yeah <laughs> trust that process
0: yeah and i think sometimes you like with that using that analogy as well as sometimes you need to go back and replace one of those shingles <laughs> because it's Absolutely. broken and like you come to that realization that hey that lesson that i thought i learned at that time which which served yeah. me then then it's, like, it's, like it's no you, longer you relevant how
1: to When you learn how to love as a kid, and then you get your heart broken, (laughs) Mm. you know, and you got to go back and fix that brick. It doesn't. It's not the easiest brick to to fix. Trust me, personally, I know. We all know. But yeah, I get what you're saying.
0: (laughs) Mm, Definitely, mate. And uh, like, one of the other things that I wanted to to have a chat with you about before we before we finish off for today, Brady, is it's around the concept of masculinity as well. And like, it's a, it's a massively talked about topic at the moment. And, um, I mean, we were, we were having a chat, uh, before we started recording is that, I mean, you've been, you've been a Marine you're a you're a professional, uh, bull rider. Um, you lift heavy weights. Uh, there, there, there is, um, there's definitely some stereotypical masculine traits there with you, but also you have this, you have this openness about you in terms of talking about your, your challenges as well. And, um, and being, being open and being accountable as well. So there's the, there's kind of the, the physical side of, side of things that people often think about in terms of masculinity, but there's also that, that internal stuff as well, where you're addressing those, those challenges. And as you say, I mean, no one's, no one's perfect. No one's got that shit figured out. Maybe some like Buddhist monks that have sat at the top of the cave yeah. for, for decades. Some, but, someone's
1: over their throat singing, figuring it out. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think there's the, there's, there's that side of you as well, that people were starting to hear about as well. Um, but maybe not everyone sees and, how have you how have you found your your ideas around masculinity have evolved over the <laughs> last over the last years considering what um, you've been through i
1: i mean i'm not going to lie like when i was in the marines like at the height of my career the almost 10 years it was you know i i would look and physically mentally and emotionally know i was better than some other people in the military because of the job we did. But my mentality on thinking that was because that we we're in a time of war. You know, oh, if this guy doesn't know how to kill very well or save lives very well or do any of that very well in a combat zone under fire, I'm better than you. That was driven to be that we are the best at whatever we do through the Marines so that we could be the fighting force that we were. So I took that kind of trying to be that after I got out like immediately after I got out and you know, I, I, I grew up wearing boots. I grew up wearing cowboy hats and stuff like that. And when I went in the military, I took on this identity of operator as people say, or, or, or sniper, or anything. And I got to the point after I got out. Well, when I got out, I, I wore those clothes, you know, I wore my old cami bottoms or, or, you know, those cry precision type things. And, and cause I was contracting and, and, you know, I still have that stuff for contract work, but it's not who I am completely. It's, it's a piece of me. It's what, it's what I grew up as an adult in this world as from 17 till, you know, almost 28 years old. So it was just like, when I came to that realization of being on that, and I remember when it, when it really hit me um, was when I was, I think I might've told you this last time I was sitting on the side of a highway and in, in, in Wyoming during shipping season for cattle. And we were moving cows from Montana down to uh, Sundance. Oh no, it wasn't cows. It was furniture. They were moving back. And uh, it was middle of the night and cause we were on our way back and, and my buddy, uh, Chad, best pickup man, which pickup man is the guy that rides a horse in the arena and picks all the cowboys up so they don't get hurt. Best pickup man I know. Looks at me and he goes, man, maybe you just need a break. Like, imagine Northeast Wyoming Highway middle of the night the random truck coming by. You know, it's just like sitting at a truck stop lights blinkering, you know, and he just goes, man, maybe you just need a break. And it was one of those moments that it just kind of echoed in every echo. Looking back on it now, I feel like every one of those echoes of that, you need a break, you need a break, you need a break, you need a break. And and every time I thought about it was every facet that I needed a break in my life. You know, as it was just a huge metaphor. And I was like, and if, you, if, you, if you're listening to this point now, you realize that I live a lot on analogies and metaphors because that's how I, I, I translate things in my mind to, from reality to how I understand them and then back to reality. And so it was like, man, maybe I do need a break. And so I just kind of went back to, to Brady. I went back to being the boy that my mom knew before she said, I just want my son back. You know, the, the the boy that my dad knew and, you know, I'd tell him, hey, dad, I'm riding bulls this Friday at the high school rodeo and whatnot. And just, I went back to being that guy that everybody knew as Brady, but it wasn't like a snap of the finger thing. And, and the thing about that was like a huge gut check to the masculinity itself. Because at that time I was still teaching courses. I was, mm. I was doing all that stuff on social media, like. Oh, if you're not getting up at four thirty in the morning, you ain't shit. You know, if you ain't doing this, and like that's that works for some people, but for me, all that work I put into it, it was almost like it was backtracking it. You know, it's like, so I started started to find peace in certain things that are not masculine, so sort to of think, you know, like meditation or yoga or 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 you know, like therapy work with horses or, or anything like that. It just getting dropping that ego and, and i feel like ego has a huge part to play with masculinity when chad told me i needed a break that was kind of where i started it was like hey man you know what look back on what you've been through look back on everything you've done look back on your journey to this point how has your view changed from how you feel you should be and then what you went through and how you need to be now to heal yourself. Drop the fucking app, drop the masculinity, because the part of the masculinity that you need to drop is the fucking ego. I'm not saying drop it all. It's that egotistical part of the masculinity where you feel you need to be this fucking head honcho macho. Hey, I'm a better killer than you are. Hey, I'm a better sniper than you are. Fuck you if you don't believe that. I'll fucking show you. Okay, it doesn't matter if you can show everybody. Who fucking cares? Some of the best samurai in Japan, in Japanese history, had some of the most beautiful gardens. That was that Zen. Zen. That balance, that balance is a huge thing, and, and if you let your masculine ego get in the way of that, that balance is going to get tipped way one side, and you're going to be having trouble the rest of your life trying to tip it back, coming back to center. If you don't have that balance, you're you're that mass that egotistic that egotistical masculinity, is going to control you. Fuck. At this point, I have no problem seeing anybody letting anybody see me shed tears, man. You know, I'm proud to cry. I'm like, hey, you know what? I've done what I've done in this life, and someone's like, oh, my God, you're a fucking hero or a real dude or, like, feminists hate me or whatnot. I don't know. But yet, here they see me crying and showing real emotion. I feel like that's more masculine than anything is to mm. show real emotion, show that empathy. For sympathy, balance—you know—it's like that's that's a man. That's a real fucking man. Is to be able to go through what you do, or anybody in their life, any man going through traumatic events and coming out a better person after. To be, and striving to be that change that they wanted to see in the world. You know, that's that's where I'm at now, and I have no problem when people are like, dude. You're really gonna do that? Like, you know, people are watching. Like, you kind of got an image. And I, I have people do me shit like that. Like, oh, your image. And I'm like, man, I wonder if people know how the eye works. When when people tell me that, like, hey, watch your image. And I'm like, do you know how the eye works? It looks at something upside down, reflects it back, and comes back. So really, you know, an image is only how you perceive it. So if I really wanted to fuck my image up, I would do nothing. You know, I would let it stay stagnant in the plane that I am. People look at masculinity now and they, they, I mean, even just saying the word, it's still, the image pops in my head of some big brawly dude that doesn't cry. And you, you can slap him a million times and he'll never shed a tear or, or do anything, you know. But really masculinity is, is stepping up to the plate showing real emotion and being part of that change that you want to see in the world. You know? Because if we don't, if you don't leave from the front, <laughs> you're gonna to be too busy following the wrong the wrong person. Mm.
0: You know? I like how you how you talk about it there in terms of about the the importance of stepping up to the plate. And I think a lot of the negative stuff negative talk around it at the moment is is because there's so much ego involved with them, there's so many people out there that have massive amounts of ego and uh, and are worried about how they they portray their masculine image so it's almost a um it's almost kind of posturing with it and my my mate um trevor bomb who does a lot of he's kind of he's founder of the man uncivilized movement and one of his things is his tenets is to be to be dangerous but not a danger so that actually you're, as a person, you're you're strong, you know how to do all of this stuff, but you don't need to go out there and show people that or tell people about it, that it's, um or kind of try and overpower others to make yourself for feel
1: better. for your own enjoyment, yep. you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no need for that. It's like that saying goes, it says, speak less than you know and show less than you have, you know? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I really enjoy that one, mate. Just mindful of the time. We probably need to, to wrap up today. I'm sure we'll have round three at some point soon. Uh, but do you have a challenge to leave me and the listeners with this week? <laughs>
1: uh, a challenge? Just be the change you want to see in the world. Do mm. something new that creates a change that you want to see in the world.
0: That's an awesome challenge to finish with. Brady Cervantes, thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me again.
1: (laughs) Thanks again, man.
0: There you have it, team. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brady and I today. I really enjoyed his challenge. uh, What is the change that you want to see in the world? What I'd love for you guys listening to do is to post on social media what change you want to see in the world tag me tag brady in it as well so that we can we can see what change you want to make but also see how we can help you make that change as well Uh, so tag uncomfortable is okay tag totanka and yeah would love to see what sort of changes people are, are interested in making Thank you, as always, for Jyland for your awesome editing skills. Thank you to my brother Jeremy Desmond for the amazing theme music. And thank you to you guys as well for sharing the time to get uncomfortable with Brady and I today.